You're listening to Chapter 7 of The Bloodbather, available on Amazon and Kindle. It was Friday afternoon and Micah had finished his last class of the week. He was a kinesiology student and would soon be applying to medical school, just like his father. And just like his father, he enjoyed a cold brewski at the end of a hard week, or at the end of a hard day, and sometimes, more often than not, at the end of a hard morning. But Micah was not that bad. No way. Micah stepped out into the late afternoon sunshine and marveled at the yellow light hitting the university buildings. It was hard to believe they were in the middle of a busy city, because this looked like a sanctuary. The open plains of the buildings, intricate design facades covered in ivy, were contrasted within a veritable green forest of green trees still in leaf despite the lateness of the year. Micah could just imagine the Jesuit brothers that had built the original university designing it with a commitment to contemplative reflection. It was a series of adjoining squares or quadrangles, so the city always seemed at a distance. That was before the colonizing government had threatened to remove its charter if it did not go public. The last vestige of its religious roots was the rare book library, the oft-spoke-of, never-visited star attraction of the enormous library in the center of campus. I mean, who can get excited about old books, Micah wondered. Micah was, by anyone's standard, an entirely formed man. He stood six foot two and weighed 180 pounds. Perfect weight for the ship he sails, his father used to boast proudly. Micah only vaguely knew what that meant, just that his father was proud of him. His physical bearing, that is. Micah had chestnut hair with a slight wave that made him look boyish when it was wet and curly, with just enough lightness to turn gold at the tips at the end of a late summer like it was now. He had blue eyes, a chiseled jaw, and a very winning smile, which seemed almost shy. He was effortlessly handsome, and he knew it. Micah zipped his lacrosse jersey against the evening chill and hoofed it back to his fraternity house, DKE. Hopefully, the new pledges had finished their initiation week project and the house could get back to normal. It had been a good crop of recruits this year. A couple of star athletes in football and basketball, a senator's son, and the requisite number of privileged boys from local private schools, the sons of doctors and lawyers, and of course, legacies, the sons of former Deeks. Each year's group engaged in an enhanced form of team building by being tasked to actually design and construct some improvement or repair to the house. As explained to the undaunted recruits, if you've never had to build something with a stranger, consider yourself lucky, because it can really test a man's character. That year, it had been relatively easy. The pledge class had been required to build stadium seating in the TV room. That is, two wooden risers upon which would be placed large sofas so four could fit where two currently resided, one behind and slightly above the other. It was a good idea and made the TV room twice as attractive for hangout. The recruits had been shut up in the house for five whole days, Monday to Friday, with breaks only for class and practice. They could speak to no one outside the house, not family, and especially not girlfriends. It was a big ask, but they had pulled through. But living in a house where essentially teenagers are being held captive and a construction zone was also a lot to take for Micah. He was glad it was finally over, and he was ready for that beer. Micah jogged up the stairs of the magnificent three-story Victorian home that was owned and maintained by the generous benefactors of their fraternity. 
Legacy dollars going to good use. He could hear music and the sound of men's voices raised in celebration. In the kitchen, most of the house was gathering around the 16-seat dining room table, which was groaning under loads of pizza, chicken wings, dry ribs, and of course, buckets full of ice-cold beer. Micah grabbed a cold one, cracked it, pitching the cap at the sink and down the neck in one swift motion. Ah, there you are, Micah. A hand clapped on Micah's shoulder, nearly causing him to cough. Elijah was the current president and of Sicilian descent. It was rumored his father was involved in organized crime, but no one had ever mentioned it out loud. Our glorious pledge classes completed their task. Come, take a look. Eli marched the group into the TV room and there stood the pledge class, covered in dust, grinning like fools. They were now painted risers, complete with a few steps, sitting behind the original sofa, with brand new extra large sofas upon them. The enormous digital HDTV that hung on the wall now sported a retractable arm so it could be angled. The amplifiers and stereo equipment were arranged neatly on a series of well-designed shelves, the cords tucked away. It was a man cave on acid. One of the brothers turned on the sound system and Micah became aware that small speakers now surrounded the room hinged to the corner of the ceiling. Someone else flipped on the ball game and everyone began to stretch out on the various sofas. Eli moved to the front of the room to give a speech. Micah took the opportunity to stash his now empty bottle and crack another. New brothers, you've learned our history, our motto, our song, our traditions, and now completed a week in seclusion dedicated to improving your home on campus. As president of our illustrious house, I want to tell you how proud I am of your accomplishments and how happy we are to call you our friends and now our brothers. I welcome you to the best four years of your life. A great cheer went up. Outside, someone was knocking on the front door, but it was hard to hear. At sundown, you are officially free to resume your normal life. But before you run off to call your girlfriend, or in some cases, your mommies, that was met with a general bout of good-natured laughing. Let me introduce you to another pledge class. Eli, who had once been the social chair before he was elected president, walked out of the room and toward the double front doors in the entrance foyer of the house. A hush fell over the TV room. Eli could be heard speaking to someone. No, several someones. Suddenly, eight gorgeous co-eds, all probably under 21, walked into the room wearing hard hats and overalls. A great shout went up in the TV room as all the men jumped to their feet. The older brothers began to withdraw from the room. They knew what came next. The music got louder as the party was just getting started. Micah retreated to the second floor and exited onto the covered balcony. Collapsing into one of the patio chairs, he drained his second beer. The balcony was empty, save for him. He was starting to feel better and breathed a sigh of relief. He was under so much pressure to perform, to conform, to make all the right choices, to live the life that would make his father proud and that would make him happy. He was putting his absolute trust in the belief that his father knew best. Everyone liked and respected his father or respected and feared might be a better way to put it. But Micah would be lying to himself if he didn't admit that he wanted to be respected just as much. Nothing wrong with respect, right? Micah's phone went off, indicating a text message. 
He reached into his jeans and read, Peekaboo. He didn't recognize the number. Then another one. I see you. Then an incoming picture message. A pair of breasts poured into a tight white t-shirt. The shirt seemed to be wet and cold by the looks of it. A second picture appeared much like the first. Two almost identical shots. What the? Micah typed a reply. What's up? You came the reply. Micah looked around, but the block was empty in the dimming light and the house was noisy on the first floor. He rubbed his hand over his cock to ease some of the pressure those pictures aroused. Out on the street, full dark had come to the doorways and laneways between the old Victorian houses. Micah was a solitary figure, but he was not truly alone. He was being watched. Another text. Look behind you. Micah whipped his head around to the open door of the balcony, but the curtain was in the way, gently swaying. Nothing there. Another picture message. This time, it was a clear shot. A pair of long-limbed girls were kissing passionately. They were deeply tanned with short, coiled afros, Brazilian, and appeared to be the owners of the wet t-shirts. They also appeared to be twins. Micah recognized the background. He stood up and taking the stairs two at a time, he ran to the third floor where the older brothers kept their rooms. Outside of his room, on either side of the door, stood a girl wearing identical dark blue jeans and white t-shirts holding a pair of cold beers. Micah stopped and laughed when he saw them, running a hand through his hair, his go-to gorgeous move when he was at a loss for words. There had to be some mistake. Ladies, I think the party is downstairs. The girls just giggled and gave each other a knowing look. One girl pulled a small bag of white powder out of her jeans. Eli sent us. Oh, thought Micah, in that case. Thank you for listening to Chapter 7 of The Bloodbather. Tune in next week for Chapter 8.